Hey, day 254. Welcome. Today's going to be a little bit laid back, and I just want to talk for a little bit. And I want to talk about this book right here. Been tossing this out, you know, throwing out the free PDF and talking about the paperback. And, and uh, I want to talk a little bit about the book because I, I really haven't in a lot of than a quick, hey, you know, just a, a mention here and there. And first, we want to talk about this guy right here on the cover. This is Travis. When you first open this book, there's several testimonials, and these are still from back in the very beginning of Helicopter and Ground School. But you'll see Travis right in there in the very beginning. He's one of them. And, you know, it doesn't get any more real than this. When people say, you know, is it worth it to become a helicopter pilot? I did a video with Travis, and that's where this picture is clipped from. I flew with Travis down in Tennessee, okay? And he took me up in the Jet Ranger. And I spent a whole entire day with Travis. And what a wonderful young man. And what a neat freaking story. And in the Coffee with Kenny videos the last 250 some days, I've talked about Travis a couple times. Him calling me up to ask me questions or, you know, asking who I knew in the industry to help out this or help that. And, you know, it's two-way street. There's another video I talked about when we talk about the connections that we make in this industry. And the connections are pure gold, right? So I wanted to explain exactly more about who Travis is. You know, this young man contacted me, contacted me back in 2013 when I just had launched ground school in 2012. And I'm actually doing some CFI work. Um, and I would travel around, go wherever and work for people. And I was out in Ohio or no God. Yeah. Way out. In, no, I was in West Virginia. And I was some, spending some time down there and things weren't going real well. And I'm supposed to meet these guys the one day and they're jacking me around. I'm sitting in a gas station and Travis calls me up. Hey, Kenny. And he had the Southern accent. And he just sweet guy. And uh, we get talking and he goes, hey, well, I want to sell them DVDs. And he goes, well, I don't have very good Internet. Well, we've quit making DVDs since, by the way. And that's only because, you know, we make new content all the time and DVDs go out of you know, within days, they're outdated, right? Because we always change, and that's the beauty of an online school. So anyway, you know, he at the time, he wanted the DVDs because he didn't have any, didn't have good internet where he was living. And, <laughs> excuse me, I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to go home and burn a set and ship him off to this guy because that's how broke I was, you know. And, and this, I tell these stories a lot only because, you know, I'm happy now and it's part of the story and I have this wonderful ground school and I connect with people from all over the world and it's freaking amazing. And just to think back about how that started and that's one of our most popular videos out of, I have over 700 videos on YouTube now in 10 years. Continually one of the most popular videos is, is it worth it? And it's an interview that I did with Travis down in Tennessee after him taking me up in the Smoky Mountains. And spending the entire day with Travis. So, you know, that ain't just some fly-by-night picture I scrounged up somewhere. That's a pretty meaningful picture. And Kyle Parrish, who you've seen, some of you, if you're new to this, new to hogs, you won't know about this. But a couple years ago, we met Kyle Parrish down at Heli Expo. And, you know, he's like, man, I got my private, but I've been saving up for years to get the rest of the ratings. And how's the guy ever get to start in this industry? And spending, you know, lunch talking to these guys and 
I go outside and run into the guys from Sevier County Choppers, and they're like, hey, you know how we always got guys going through our program? We got nobody. I'm like, you're kidding me. Let me do you a video? Yeah, sure. So I went live on Facebook, and boom, Kyle is chasing me down at Heli Expo. Well, long story short, I hooked him up, gave Kyle the number to Jim at Sevier County of Choppers. They made contact right there on the phone. Within a day or two, Kyle was down there uh, checking the place out, make sure it was going to be a good fit both directions and now Kyle's flying in New York City you know he did it just like Travis and proof for those of you that want to do it and you want to do it in a short amount of time here's two guys Travis right there and Kyle number two and we've got and they're in our videos and we talk about them and they're for real so that was Heli Expo 2018 but we met Kyle and now we're late summer 2019, and Kyle's been through all the ratings, had his couple jobs already, moved around, and now he's flying a long ranger in New York City. That's the power of all this. That's just how freaking cool it is. So I wanted to start with that. And then I just wanted to mention, you know, how this all started for me with the helicopter landing ground school. Eight years ago, nine years ago when I started this, I never dreamed I was going to publish a book or it be you know, a, a best-selling book. We hit number one bestseller in 12 hours. You know, I launched it at night because I work a lot at night, right? And uh, go to bed tired and wake up the next morning and check the iPad and Amazon number one bestseller, you know, 12 hours later. It's like, you know, how freaking cool is that? So, you know, this whole helicopter line ground school thing started back I guess 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011 is the planning stages. I'm flying EMS. I own a helicopter. It's, it's, I'm going broke the whole time. And, uh, at a certain point, I'm just like, all right, you know, this just isn't working. And, uh, start out with my notebook, the notebook I've talked about for years. You know, when I filled my first private pilot check ride, I was devastated, man. Two and a half hour drive home. And just, I'd had so much time and energy put into that and to fail hurt. I mean, it hurt really, really bad. And that's a freaking long drive home after found a check ride and didn't go back for six months. And anyway, again, back to the trials and tribulations we go through and how later on, if put your nose to the grindstone and work hard and be the best you can be and eventually it's going to work out for you if you try hard enough and you work hard enough it is going to work out so always knowing that there was a oh you know a lack of training out there for helicopter guys i mean and girls and there's plenty for fixed wing always has been but helicopters was just like the you know the black sheep of aviation right and there was just nothing out there and because I struggled and then was out there in the world and I observed firsthand how there are flight schools that have great ground school programs, but there are so many that don't. And there's so much garbage that goes on and places that don't push the ground and just want you to be flying. And it's really a sad state of affairs, but, you know, it is what it is and it's the reality. So I, I knew all those years, you know, God somebody needs to start something for helicopters right and and i was flying ems and nick logan 
another great part of the story inspired me to start blogging and doing videos when I was flying EMS. So I'm flying EMS and I've got a helicopter on the side and, and I'm, uh, trying to make a go of it. Right. But you know, you work full time, try to run a business part time and you can't put all your focus like you should in either job, maybe, you know, and Nick Logan was an internet marketer and he's like, Hey, you should start blogging and doing videos to promote your helicopter school. And, uh, so that's where this all started for me. This borrowed video camera started making videos 10 years ago now, 11 years ago to promote my helicopter company. And wasn't long before Nick Logan put that idea in my head where he's like, you know what? You gotta start an online ground school. And so I started, I took kind of what I learned with the audio and video. And, and even though my helicopter company was not successful, I tried and I worked really hard and I marketed really heavy. So even though my business was going down the tubes, I was getting a lot of attention and I was getting a lot of phone calls, but getting people to come to the Midwest to fly an instrument, that's a hard sell, right? I mean, there's cheaper helicopters and nicer places in the country where the weather's better. And uh, anyway, you know, I ran that into the ground and, and in the end I'm thinking, you know, I, I still owned the helicopter and I still had the helicopter company as I launched helicopter online ground school and realized pretty quickly that, you know, I'm making money from my online sales, but it, this helicopter business has even taken what I'm learning from selling my knowledge online. Pretty devastating, right? So I took this notebook that I had back up to the failure I had. I created my own notebook because back to the story of there wasn't anything out there for helicopters. So after my failure, I went down to the local drugstore and I bought a great big thick notebook and I went home and I started writing down notes and I understand now how important this is. The repetition of reading something, writing it down. I had a whole bunch of different pads and I had notes from this flight school and notes from that flight school and you know, they were kind of scattered everywhere and I had all these, all these flipping books right everywhere. So being overwhelmed after failing and not knowing where to go and not really having any kind of guidance through all this stuff, you know, instructors for me were a couple hours away. So it's a lot of driving just to go do ground school. And, uh, and again, young instructors, a lot of times they don't want to do ground, right? So I create this notebook and I realize now how I could, you know, my notebook was over here still in one of the, the tubs. We're still unpacking from our big move. But anyway, I can visualize those pages of my notebook right now sitting here and I haven't opened it in a couple of years, but because I hand wrote the notes out to make sense to me. And I really did start in that notebook with all the things that I really struggled to remember and things that I knew I had to memorize. Cause after the failure, the examiner said to me, he's like, it was, was an FAA examiner. Right. And he's like, you have to understand the concepts and you have to know them so well that when I'm sitting here at the table, you can't hesitate. You know, when I ask you if the engine quits, which way the nose is going to go, you got to know. 
If I ask you about selling with power, you got to know the three things that get you into it and you have to rattle them off. You can't spit and sputter and sit there and think about these things. So anyway, in the notebook, I just spent all this time organizing and writing and then even maybe rewriting, right? And making it just maybe not neat to the average Joe, but neat in my eyes and, and a flow that made sense to me. And then that was what I would study. And I'd still reference my other materials that all of us have to have certain materials that are required to be a safe and prudent pilot. And to take a check ride, there's a lot of different books that you have to have, right? But I was using the notebook as my main study guide. Sit down and just flip this thing page to page. So back to the check ride book. In the beginning of this, I thank my sister. My sister, who was off work at the time, I think she was rehabilitating from a surgery that she had. I didn't know about nothing about building PowerPoints. I didn't know nothing about computers. I didn't know nothing. And my sister takes this notebook and transcribes it. And I launched that thing on Amazon. And it didn't take long for me to take it down because people started, you know, hammered on it right away. Doesn't matter. I took that notebook. And that's how I started Helicopter Online Ground School back in 2011 when I started building presentations. I was building them from the notebook. And my sister built PowerPoints for me from the notebook. So I just really called it helicopter checkride preparation in the beginning. Because I wasn't teaching a full course of training. I was teaching my notebook and just going through all the stuff in the order that made sense to me. And you know, I gained momentum in the beginning and, and people were buying it, using it, but they were quite often saying, well, hey, you know, be nice if it was organized into sections a little bit better. And over the years we have, it's totally changed, right? It's now full-fledged helicopter online ground school for all courses. So anyway, my sister, I have to mention her because she's the one that helped me get it all started, right? And a lot of the computers that I used in the beginning, a lot of the equipment, you know, so much help from my sister getting this thing off the ground. And, uh, you know, a few other people I mentioned here in the beginning, David Latimer, and I got to mention this about the beginning of the book. Dave Latimer is another reason, the reason I started flying helicopters. As a young boy growing up, I was fascinated by helicopters. I knew that I had an interest in law enforcement. And this David Latimer, he operated the Plymouth Municipal Airport. But anyway, that was in his retirement job. He was originally a state trooper, flew helicopters for the state police. So as a child, I looked up to this man. State trooper, flies a helicopter for Indiana State Police. How freaking cool is that? And I did become a police officer. And then years later, my first helicopter lesson came from David Latimer, who had relayed a, a phone number and a place to go try it down in Indianapolis. So I knew him as a police officer. As a young kid, then when I became a cop, I was a cop while he was still a state trooper. So I actually, you know, attended some meetings and different things with him. And, and then years later, he winds up the manager at this airport that I was at. And Dave Latimer was a huge inspiration in helicopter and ground school, supporting me when times were tough. Um, he paid my rent. I was getting so far behind on the rent for the helicopter in my offices and the city was on him, right? Cause he's the airport manager. So 
I owed, I don't know, two or three months rent. And I had this Sig Sauer 9mm that was my duty weapon. It was what I carried as a police officer. I, w I had the opportunity to buy that weapon because they did that. You know, you were able to purchase your own weapon that you carried as a police officer. So for us, people are going to get freaked out over handguns. This was my handgun that was I used as a law enforcement officer. Okay, so it's totally legal for us to buy those weapons. Well, I had this gun. I really liked the SIG, man. It was awesome freaking gun. I sold it to a buddy so I could go pay my rent. I go down to the city and walk in, and they're like, oh, your rent's already paid. And I'm like, what? And they go, oh, yeah, Dave, the airport manager was in just earlier today, and he paid your rent. And I'm like, oh, my God. So that's who David Latimer is at the front of the book. And, of course, there's other, lots of other acknowledgments of people that I thanked along the way, but i got to mention those right off the bat. And then my daughter, who many of you know, I state right here, my daughter, Gloria Jean Keller, for putting up with her dad, working like a dog during the hard times and never once complaining. She told me, Dad, you're working hard because that's what you have to do, and it's okay. And she was like eight years old, seven years old, ten years old. I mean, this little kid, and I was always working, right? She was with me a lot, but she was with me at the airport. You know, and she'd be there hours and hours and hours when she didn't want to be there, but that's what I was doing was working on helicopter land ground school. And then we'd be home, and I was living in a beat-up old trailer because I was so broke because I owned a helicopter. And Anyway, so many people inspired me over the years, right? And we all need that. We all need those people that stand behind us and help move us forward in those times of need. But I'm telling you, I've been kicked to the curb as many times as anybody else out there, and you just keep getting up, and you pull up your bootstraps, and you just keep on going every single day. And then the other thing I want to talk about real quick before it goes into the book, and maybe I'll make that a video for another day. Um, I mentioned my parents in here, right? And, and I just want to talk about this because I wish they would have known that I ended up... Well, my mom has no idea because I lost her from Lou Gehrig's disease back in... 1990 and as a very young man um, that shaped my life and it was very difficult and it was very hard and I was in my early 20s when she died the prognosis was five years and that's about how long it lasted so I was you know not even 20 years old yet when she contracted this disease and we kept her home for the five years that she was sick and I left in 89 to go to the Indiana Law Enforcement Academy and I'd come home every weekend and that really sucked and that was really hard to be gone but I knew my mom was proud of me for becoming a police officer but she has no idea of the helicopter and everything that, that has proceeded um, I know I was very motivated by my mom and, and had to take her of course and then I talked about my dad and my dad was still alive I lost him about five years ago or six years ago now, and uh, he wasn't very supportive of the helicopter training when I first started out, and I want to tell this part of the story. Um, he just like, oh, I just hope it's going to be as profitable as you think it's going to be, and I'm like, oh, no, Dad, I'm going to be a helicopter pilot, make all kinds of money. Okay. 
when we know now that's not the case, right? You, you, we know now you want to be a helicopter pilot. You got to do this for the love of it because you have the passion that's in your heart. If you're doing it because you think you're going to make a lot of money, then you might as well give up now. Becoming a helicopter pilot has to be a complete entire commitment. And you got to do it because you love it. And when you start getting a paycheck, you got to be happy, whatever that paycheck is. You can make some okay money. And in some instances, make some really good money. But that's only going to be after the years of hard work of getting your training in the beginning, making peanuts, you know, eating ramen noodles. And we all joke about it, driving a POS. And it's really the life starting out as a helicopter pilot. But uh, I wrote in here about, I can remember talking to one of my buddies, Steve, and I was talking about my dad at the time. This is way back just as I was learning to fly, right? Never knew I was gonna go anywhere with it. And my dad had been, got some big award because he was a high school official for many years and he was a school teacher for 40 years. And, and I was really proud of my dad and they named the baseball field after him. We got his uh, sign we're gonna hang up here in the Hugs Hangar, it's over there by the wall. And I remember telling my buddy that, you know, I was really proud of my dad being in the paper. And, and I was like, man, I, I'll never do anything cool like my dad did. You know, and I can remember my buddy Steve saying, Yes, you will. And I was like, yeah, right. I'll never compare to my dad. I'll never do anything cool like that. And uh, by the way, about that same time, Steve and I was having this conversation. We're talking about the helicopter thing because I was just a student. Or maybe it just got to private. I think I was just a student. And I said, one of these days, I'm going to, I'll land my helicopter over at your house, Steve, because I knew you had this great big long yard, almost like a little mini runway. And he went, ah, yeah, right, like that'll ever happen. And I'm like, oh, you son of a bitch. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it now. Well, a year or two later, or maybe even longer, one day I showed up at my buddy Steve's house, surprised him, he had no idea I was coming. And he was home with his son and I took him and his son up for a ride from his yard, up around the local area, right over by where I'm living now today. And uh, you know, now there's times where somebody tells you you can't do something. And even though he was motivational, he also just kind of jokingly, you know, yeah, like that'll ever happen. So. You know, and then back to my dad in the Ken Keller field, he did support me. After, he wasn't convinced in the beginning, but as he saw how hard I worked for it and then continued on retesting after the failure of the private and then going for commercial, at a certain point, my dad changed his tune and got on board with it. And my dad actually helped me with some money along the way. You know, we all go through these struggles and headache and heartache and we sell stuff, spend our savings borrow money from a rich uncle, whatever you got to do, somehow you find a way to get the money. And my dad did help me, did get to see me fly, and I got to land at Ken Keller Field with my dad. One of my first jobs, the company I was working for let me take the helicopter home for Father's Day. And we made... Uh, um, my family knew I was coming, my sisters knew I was coming, and I made sure my dad was gonna be there, of course, and he was, you know, elderly at the time. But I was coming and bringing the helicopter, and like, hey, don't let him know, don't have any, you know, don't let him know that I'm coming. So, and we cleared it with the school, that we could land at the school, cleared it with the superintendent, because you always wanna check with where you're gonna be landing, right? And uh, landed at my dad's house on Father's Day. Surprised him. I remember him coming out and just, you know, his mouth hanging open. I'm like, come on, get in. We're going over to the Lancer baseball field. So we went over and landed at Ken Keller Field. And 
uh, family came over and we actually gave rides out of Ken Keller Field with my dad. And, uh, you know, important part of the story because, again, you know, for all of us, we need those people that support us in our lives. And my dad wasn't a fan of the helicopter pilot idea in the beginning, but he did jump on the bandwagon later on. Um, and he helped me with the helicopter business. And, man, I hate to say this, you know, he helped me with money to keep that thing going. And it's a shame because it's like, anyway, you know, I, I could have called it up before I did, but he wanted to help me. And, you know, he was, at that time he was like, well, you didn't go to college. And at that time I couldn't afford to help you. And now I can. But, you know, I said, I never accomplished this dream without his help. So one more thing before I go, I want to talk about, and I want to talk about the, the Lou Gehrig's disease thing, and I don't think I've talked about this a lot. I've mentioned it a few times over the years, but you know that really did change my whole entire life, and it's the, it's the reason, one of the reasons I'm flying helicopters today. As a young kid, I thought I was too stupid, didn't have the money, wasn't smart enough, wasn't good at math. I had a million reasons why I would never become a helicopter pilot, even though it was a dream of mine. And that battling, or my mom battling that Lou Gehrig's disease was, you know, freaking horrible. It was, it was a nightmare. And the only good news was, because I was a law enforcement officer from a very small town in Indiana, I could go to my um, mom and dad's when I was on duty, right? Because Small town, I could stop in there anytime. I mean, that's pretty typical, nothing going on. You stop home to eat, you stop at a friend, you stop at the local coffee shop to have coffee, whatever. So the rest of my family all had jobs where they had to be gone eight hours a day or whatever. I was the main caregiver because on my time off, I would be there at a camper right in the side yard beside the house, so I'd always be close. And then when I was on duty, if she needed me, I could stop home and I could stop home and help you know, get her pills or get her something to eat or help her get to the bathroom. And uh, you know, it was a big strain on, on my life. And I hate to say the word strain because I'm, I, I'm to this day, I can't, uh, how do I want to say it? I'll never be, um, I'll never regret being there for my mom. You know, I'll just never regret it. And it, it took a toll on our family and I was a full-time police officer and, and she passed away, like I said, in my early 20s. So long before the helicopter thing, it was my mom passed away. So she has no idea, never got to see the helicopter pot thing. But um, where am I trying to go with this? Oh, so the helicopter dream stemmed from my mother's death. I was the youngest of the family, had four older sisters. And between my sisters, everybody taking their turns at trying to help take care of my mom and my dad as well, and he was still a school teacher at the time. I was the main caregiver, right? So I was the strong one. I'm the baby of the family. Everybody else is falling apart. My dad's falling apart. My sisters are falling apart. Everybody's falling apart. Um, my oldest sister, the one that helped me with the business, she, she's a nurse, so she was like, we'll say the main key, caregiver as far as actual care and um, did what she could, but she still had a full-time nursing job, right? So what I'm getting at is I was the one that was always there. And because I guess I felt like I was being strong for the whole entire family, I was strong through the whole thing. Everybody else was falling apart. 
Well, you know, along this route, I also created a helicopter, or I'm sorry, a record service in there too. And I was doing that on the side and I had people working for me. But anyway, I'm losing my train of thought. Oh, so I have a lot of things going on, right? And after my mom passes away, my life kind of falls apart, right? I had, at a very young age, my early 20s, I owned a whole bunch of trucks from my towing service and I had some nice property and I'd become a police officer and I had all these things and I had these material possessions. So I had to restart the camera there. Yeah, my whole entire life had fallen apart. Anyway, what happens next is I go through depression, right? Because I was the strong one through my, mo my mother's sickness and the one kind of holding the whole family together. They had already been started grieving, I guess, the previous five years. I hadn't. So here I am in my mid to late 20s. Um, I had lost my mom. And then I realized that material possessions meant nothing. You know, this was the first time that, I guess I didn't lose every time. Every, I didn't lose everything this first time around. But what I'm getting at is, when you get depressed and you go through something like that, you know, I had 18 vehicles total between the trucks and Corvettes and Oldsmobiles and Jeeps and all the cool stuff that I had. But when all of a sudden you lose one of your parents and you lose your uh, significant other and you just all of a sudden find yourself against a wall realizing that, you know, material possessions mean nothing when you're not happy, you know, when you go through depression. And so to make the story go back up the other direction, I actually reached out for help. I did. I actually reached out for help because I needed it. Right. And, and at one point, you know, I don't know whether you'd call it suicidal or not, but you get to a point where you're really wondering if you even want to continue on. Right. And so I started going to counseling and turns out counseling was the best freaking thing I ever did in my entire adult life. And going and asking for help is the hardest thing, right? Getting started is the hardest thing. And you can take this and apply this to anything in your life. Getting started is the hardest thing. So I started going to counseling and, you know, I'd go a couple times a week and as things got better, I would just move it down to one day a week and was, would go on Fridays and it was like my favorite day of the week, right? It just helped me so much to talk to someone. And that's all it, what counseling was. It was just me going in and talking, basically. And occasionally him telling some short story that I'd think about driving away, going, what's he trying to tell me? And then the drive home 20 minutes later, I go, aha, okay, I get it now. I get what he's trying to tell me. And I can remember they were one-hour sessions. And one day, partway through... You know, things go up and down, right? But one day I was having a bad day and I went on for like two hours. And when I got done, he said, are you done? And I'm like, yep. And he goes, well, that's two hours of a one hour session. And I'm like, yep. And, and before I say what he said to me, you got to remember, I, I had a lot of respect for this guy, right? He goes, well, sounds to me from the like, last two hours that Kenny blames everybody else in his life about his problems, but himself. And I was like, oh, shocked.
Are you kidding me? Are you freaking kidding me? Well, I can tell you later, right? He was 100% right, and I got it. And it took me, whether it was 10 minutes or half an hour or a day later, I'm driving down the road and went, bam, it hits you, you know, like a V8. He's right. I was blaming everybody in my entire life for every single problem that I ever had. And uh, it's those small little things like that that you learn. And a lot of those things I learned through counseling is what helped me then move on with the rest of my life. And I want, and I, proud to say that I started listening to motivational tapes and self-help gurus and it did me a lot of good right along with the counseling doing the self-help tapes and the one day he's like okay you got your little workbook there he goes I want you to shut the tape off and when you do I want you to write down 10 things in your notebook that are dreams of yours that you think you'll never ever do unreachable things and he goes i don't mean stuff that you think you can do 10 things you know take as long as you need but think about 10 things that you really want to do is a dream that you think is unreachable okay shut the tape off i'll fill out the 10 things and one of those things is learning to fly helicopters just didn't think i could do it and uh turn the tape back on he's like okay today go out and Make a move towards one of those things on that 10 list. Whether you buy a book, you make a phone call, you look up an ad, do something. Make one tiny little effort towards one of those goals today. And I went out and drove half an hour away to the nearest town to a town that had a magazine shop because I was from this tiny town and bought an aviation magazine. Got home, all excited, opened it up. Guess what? Not a damn thing in it about helicopters. The whole freaking book was fixed wing. Nothing against fixed wing, but you get where I'm going here. So, all these years later, here I am doing it. Helicopter Land Ground School is what I started, and, and I help people all over the world. That's the beginning of the book, and that's the things that I touch on. And for a long time, I've been wanting to sit down and, and talk a little more about the book. Those are only a few short pages, but you know, in a video I can sit here and, and I can talk a little longer, right? And I can go a little longer and some of these things I talked about today is things I've talked about and maybe a few of them I haven't. Um, but it's all stuff that I wanted to get off my chest because now you have a little insight behind why I try to motivate you, our followers, our viewers, our ground school members. It's because of the headache and the heartache and all the things I've learned. And, and it takes all of our life's ups and downs to get to where we are today, right? And this is now, Helicopter Line Ground School is my, it's my whole entire life of work. Everything I think ties into becoming an instructor and the failure of the helicopter flight school and then starting the online ground school. And, uh, I did this in 2014. Started ground school in 2012. I had no idea. But I was watching some, you know, I learned from some great people. Uh, some incredible people I learned from. One more thing I got to say. I had the pleasure to work with someone who worked for this guru that I talked about, who I learned from. She worked for him for 20 years. And then some of the things that I do today with audio and video and marketing and books and all the different things, I learned from this, from this uh, 
woman. And it was a you know pleasure to meet her because she had worked for many years for the guru who helped me all those many many years ago with the self help tapes and you know helped me move my life on and and uh, very proud of that fact and I've got to meet a lot of the people that I've worked with and and I've learned from really good people but probably the biggest thing I learned is just to be myself and just do what I do and put it out there and you know you do a good job for people and you do your best and and things will work out. You know, it's easy to blame others. It's easier to find all the reasons why you can't do it. But hopefully that gives you some insight to why I push everybody so hard, why I try to motivate you along with all the helicopter training stories. There's the real meat of how I got started. And I could go on longer, but the video card already filled up once. So <laughs> I'm going to call it off there. And maybe we'll come back and hit chapter one for tomorrow. Um, I, but I wanted to get that. I wanted to talk about that. I've been wanting to do this for a long time. I'm going to put the PDF down below, the link for the PDF. It's free. You sign up, boom, you download the PDF, boom, you got it. So you can go ahead and check this dude out. You can check out the PDF right there below in the description box. And I'll also put the link to actually buy the paperback book. Sorry, I'm not, you're not buying the book. We have stacks of them upstairs. We buy these books in bulk. I've done paid for the book. We charge $7 to package it up, take it to the post office, and ship it off to you. Seven bucks shipping and handling, I'll send you the book. We've been doing that for quite some time. I still enjoy doing it. It's not a money maker. It's just a way to, to spread this piece of knowledge. And don't be fooled, you know, helicopter check ride. It's got training tips in here. It's got mistakes I've made. It's got all kinds of stuff. It's got the helicopter threes. You know, I talk about the number three so much, how much I love it. Do you know there's a whole chapter called the helicopter threes? There's a whole series of things that you got to know and learn to become a helicopter pilot. And they come in threes and threes and threes and threes, which like police calls, fire calls, wrecker calls, all those things I did in my previous lives. They always come in threes, right? So anyway, I'll put the link down below for that as well. If you want the paperback, we'll ship it to you for seven bucks shipping and handling. That link will down be down below as well. So those that you've been tuning in, this is the backside of what you haven't been seeing. You've been seeing our presenting wall with the hogs wall. This is another wall that we've been putting together. A new truss system up above. These are the cameras right here, here, and here. They're always pointing that way. Did a flippy dude today because we're still building, organizing over here. Last week we had a server crash. Oh my God, that was scary. Luckily the backup was saved. So we got a new server coming. That won't be here for a week. Luckily the guy was able to save all of our data. So, thank God, that's 10 years of my life that I was worried that may be gone. And uh, so I told Heather, well, until I get our server back up, we're going to organize and finish getting the rest of everything unloaded, organize. We're still working on the wiring and setting things up here, but this studio is freaking rocking. It is badass. Everything's mobile. I keep moving things around. I'm putting wheels on everything. So no matter what it is, I can configure this thing and change it at any time I want. And with the space and the technology and our new server, Fiber internet coming, can't wait. That should be here in November. And I promise, live events. As soon as that fiber's installed, man, 
a lot of these coffee with Kennys, we're just going to shoot them live. And that way it'd be easier for people to get in and interact with us and ask questions live while we're there, which you can do now almost every day in chat, but these will be for real live sessions. All right, better wrap it up. Go down below for helicopter check ride, the free PDF. It's in the description box. You can download that dude right away. If you like the paperback, seven bucks shipping and handling. Got to thank each and every one of you that followers our videos, makes comments, gives us likes, subscribes, our members. You know about the members. We show them off all the time and we're going to continue to show them off because they're plastered all over the wall and they keep coming in. They just keep coming in. All right. Can't believe I made it with only one little boo-boo. All right. Day 254. Peace out. Oh, yeah. Subscribe. Click the bell. Oh, yeah.